Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Welcome to Hello. Wonder. Hello, welcome. Hi. Hi, come in. Take off your shoes. Please take off your take shoes. Take off your shoes. We want to see those feet. <laughs> this is wonderful. Shall we talk about things that are good that we like that we are into? We are back from New York City. We didn't miss an episode, I guess. So you don't know that we were there. But we were in New York City. We did talk a lot about going. Can you feel the sophisticated and just cool uh-huh, New York City vibes uh-huh. coming off of us? Trains, um, art, culture. Bagels, pizza. We've got it all from New York City. And now you can have it too. We'll give you the abundance of art and culture and bagels and pizza. that We, we did eat some good pizza while we were there. It's fun. Our kids are, well, Henry is a picky eater. He likes one specific type of pizza, but it was fun because there was one night where we ordered pizza for all of us, and I was like, man, if we can't get him to eat this, we're going to have to figure out other food. We're staying at a hotel. That's not easy. But it was really great to just be like, mm, Henry, this is New York City pizza. you got to try this. And he ate it. He was like, I love New York City pizza. Yeah. Those little those little tricks and hacks as a parent are He's very He's a little rewarding. culture vulture now. He really, really is. Hey, do you have a small wonder? Uh, I'm going to say my small wonder is when a hotel has a fridge and a microwave in the room. Huge for us. We, um, we stayed very shortly in Philadelphia uh, in a room that had both. And then went to New York and then ended up in a room that had neither, uh, which is the problem when you have small children. So uh, we luckily were able to switch with Justin uh, and get a room with a fridge, but no microwave. So we just kept ending up with all these leftovers and we would dutifully pile them in the fridge and then realize like, I guess, I guess that's it for them. Left behind a lot of dim sum. In, uh, yeah. in the Big Apple, um, heartbreaking, yeah. heartbreaking. I did, I did enjoy eating it, even though I exploded a soup dumpling all over my shirt <laughs> moments before going to the theater to perform uh, the Adventure Zone. Uh, I'm gonna say big shout out to the Nintendo World Store and uh, FAO Schwartz in New York City, side by side. If you're going with a kid who likes shopping for toys to New York City, you cannot do better than those two businesses. We did go on a rainy Saturday afternoon, which I imagine is the worst imaginable conditions to go to a big sort of uh, headline store uh, in New York City like that because it was just like sardines jam-packed in those two buildings. But um, Henry's eyes were aglow with the promise of retail. Yeah, exactly. uh, That was was very fun uh, as a parent. Um, I go first this week. Appropriately enough, this week, I'm going to talk about conventions uh, because we were in New York for New York Comic Con, which was my first time going to New York Comic Con. The rest of my family, I feel like, has has been several times, but this is my first time. And it just reminded me of how much I enjoy the whole idea of conventions, uh, whether it's for comics or games or, or whatever. Uh, they are all so, so very unique and exciting. It is very fun for me that you have sort of gotten embroiled in this world uh, as well. I think Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle was the first one you had been it to. It was, yeah. Was that last year or the year before? So you're you're fairly fresh on the ground of this, yeah. of this world. Yeah, no, I, 
I, you went as a child, right? Like I your did. dad would take you as a kid. Yes. This was not anything I had any experience with until I was an adult. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it would feel like as a child. Well, I'll talk about that because uh, I I did start going to conventions since I was like in middle school, uh, starting with Mid Ohio Con. Uh, which does not exist anymore, I found out. They changed the name of it, and it ran until 2019. They haven't done one in four years, which is heartbreaking because this was very formative for me. But every November around Thanksgiving, it would happen. Dad would pile the three of us in the the minivan, and we would drive you know three hours to Columbus. Oh, in so the your morning. mom didn't even have to go? No, it was a it was a sweet setup for mom. <laughs> uh, I imagine she she got some uh, very rare chill out time with yeah. the four of us gone. Was this because your dad was collecting comic books primarily, or was it like also the the glitz and glamour of the celebs? No, I honestly think more than anything, it was just a a unique. An experience. I feel like Dad didn't go there so much for comics as much as he did for like bootleg VHS collections <laughs> of uh, you know uh, Star Trek Andromeda or whatever. Um, but we would drive up in the mornings. Just he would let us run around there all day, and then we would drive back from Columbus at night. Uh, and it was always very whirlwind, but it was super fun. It was a weird experience for me because, like, a lot of Mid Ohio Con wasn't stuff that I was particularly enthusiastic about. Like, there was a lot of uh, signings and photos with like the cast of Leave It to Beaver, or like photo shoots with Lou Ferrigno. Uh, who one time we saw at a Johnny Rockets just annihilating a giant hamburger, which was uh, t- terrifying to behold. Um, was wait, where was that? Uh, it was like across the street from the convention. Center. Okay. <laughs> um, and even though I wasn't like really big into comics or old ass TV shows, it was always a really like exciting place to be because I was surrounded by like nerds who were bigger nerds than I was, oh. which was a a rare experience. Uh, all, all sort of just dealing in, you know, katanas and imported Japanese figurines and vintage Playboys. And how, how did that, I mean, how did that feel like to be around nerds that were bigger nerds than you? Was it like comforting or intimidating? But a little bit of both. <laughs> okay. Like it was, it was a, a I felt, uh, I felt like I was not uh, well versed enough in the things that were being uh, exalted there yeah. uh, to like really participate in it. But as a sort of tourist in that world, it was illuminating uh, yeah. and, and very, very cool. I will say the last couple that we went to uh, was when the Pokemon trading card game came out and they held tournaments, which I competed in and did quite well, if I do say so myself. Uh, <laughs> I think the last year we went, I came in second overall, which was wow, uh, which was really, really, uh, you know, a real feather in my cap. But I always like, I always really looked forward to it because what you have to remember is that this was largely pre-internet, right? Like, yeah, we had you know AOL or whatever in our house, but it wasn't like the internet as it is now, where there is a discord community for every imaginable like interest and if you are into something you can just find uh, you know infinity people who are also into that thing like this was there was so much excitement uh, when you went to mid ohio con because uh it it was a rare opportunity to you know gather with people who are into the same like very specific stuff that that you are into. And even if I wasn't into Leave it to Beaver, like seeing a bunch of people who are uh, get get together was like a really 
uh, I don't know, a, a, a very exciting uh, and very memorable experience. Though, like, and this shows my, like, lack of experience, but I did not expect the number of people wearing costumes. Mm. Um, it really caught me off guard when I just looked around and saw so much of it. I didn't really, like, typically, for example, when you go to the mall to buy, you know, a book, you don't dress as the book. No, so, yeah, I would say the mall <laughs> and a convention are two quite distinct sort of. Uh, I just places. like I view it as primarily an experience for spending money, and so uh, and I'm not trying to hop on some kind of anti-capitalist horse. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I didn't expect people to dress up for that. Yeah, and then taking it in was truly like overwhelming for me. I cosplay is a thing. Like cosplay, more or less, was not a thing that was a big thing at Mid Ohio Con. Like oh, okay. people would come wearing. You know, there were a lot of um, Star Trek uniforms going go- going around, but there was this was not like a big facet of yeah. Mid Ohio Con. I'm not well versed enough in cosplay or the history of it uh, to really speak on that, but I feel like I have watched it become a really um, common thing at yeah. cons in the you know length of time that I have been going to them. Yeah, uh, and I I feel pretty authoritative in in that because I have been to I hang on to every lanyard for every con I've ever been to. I think I've been to probably close to a hundred or so at this yeah, point. Yeah, oh for sure. Uh, because after Mid Ohio Con, I started working at Joystick in like 2008, and then I was going to several a year. Um, but it was a completely different experience because all of a sudden, like, I was working a lot. Uh, yeah. I did, I did one of our earlier episodes of Wonderful. I talked about E3 and sort of eulogized it because it doesn't exist anymore. But it was just, like, me in a room with, a, like, a really tight-knit, small team of reporters just working into the the the, the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, because um, you would spend all day getting information and then you'd spend all, all night, night writing. making um, articles. Yeah, And, and so, like... That was that was incredible in a different way where like the enthusiasm for this specific thing was was there more so than Mid Ohio Con ever kind of like gave to me yeah. all of a sudden like I was a part of it. And I also got to kind of like peek behind the curtain of this industry that I am that I continue to be like absolutely yeah. uh, uh, em- embroiled in. Um, and so I've been to like. I've been to every like game convention that has exist. I've gotten to travel overseas yeah. to get to go to like Gamescom and Tokyo Game Show, uh, which are very very cool opportunities. Uh, so that like is like another angle through which I I I love the convention scene. And now like uh, that I I don't really work in the games press anymore. I'm on this other side of it where and i'm so so grateful to to be here where like people are coming to our signings and our photo shoots and our panels and our shows uh all of a sudden i'm lou ferrigno eating a big burger (laughs) um and like it's it's so cool it's it's incredibly humbling especially now that like i'm not so much on social media like getting to talk to people who uh who who enjoy our stuff is like is is important and amazing and very very humbling um but i also even though i'm like in this place now with with uh, my relationship to conventions i still love walking a show floor as much as i did when i was going to mid ohio con and i was in middle school and just seeing like 
all the imported Japanese figurines and uh, yeah. Pokemon uh, memorabilia. The variety of Lego minifigures. There's so many Lego minifigures, which is uh, uh, amazing. I love walking through an artist alley, which is like a very con- like yeah. uh, constant thing. And like I have a, a bunch of art here in my office that I've I pick up at at these artist alleys because it is so it's so exciting. That's like another facet of of cons that like I'm not an artist, so like I'm not really a part of. But oh, it's very, honey, very cool you are to, well not in the not, not in the a, visual sense. Yeah. Thank you, baby. I appreciate. I was not fishing for uh, compliments there. Uh, it is bonkers how much like the idea of conventions has exploded in my lifetime. Uh, because like Mid Ohio Com was basically the only thing we had access to in the Midwest, entire tri-state like, yeah. uh, area. Uh, and now there are around 2 million conventions held in the U.S. alone annually across like, of course, a bunch of different disciplines, right? Yeah. There's like dental conventions or whatever. I'm sure those are <laughs> lit as hell. Um, Huntington like used to not have anything in this in this way. Huntington used to have the uh what was called the Tri-State Sportsman's Expo that we would go to because dad would do like remote broadcasts from them and was it was it like fishing stuff? Hunting and fishing. Uh which like I don't give a shit about, but we would <laughs> tour they would have like RVs that you can come in and tour. Oh, that's fun. Which is always great. And we'd ask our dad like, we should really we should really get an RV. I know. Isn't it funny when you're a kid and you just assume like everything is within reach? Like I was talking to Henry the other day and telling him that I didn't go to Disney World until I was in fifth grade. And he was like, why did you wait so long? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, a big thing there was jerky. That was like the only thing I cared about is I would buy a lot of jerky. And that's probably where <laughs> my love for jerky came around. But like there was nothing, there was nothing that I cared about yeah of course now huntington has like several comic and anime expos that that happen every year which is uh i don't know i feel like if that had been available to me uh when i was younger it would have been a very transformative experience i love talking backstage at at cons now to like other people in our field who went to cons growing up and hearing like their experience going to like you know actual uh, nerd expos in their hometowns yeah. and, and how much it sort of, um, you know, shaped their relationship with this community. Um, and, you know, I'm very grateful that I had Mid-Ohio Con for that, even though it wasn't specifically kind of uh, tailored to my interests. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just, I love them. I love working at them. I love going to them. Uh, and I'm very grateful that I've had the kind of life and career that I have had where I've been able to to go to so many and see it from, from uh, as Joni Mitchell would say, both sides now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I always get excited to go to them regardless of like which whichever one it is, if it's about board games or um you know video games or comics or whatever and now that you have two children you have an it's excuse totally, right yeah it's it's to go to the show floor and just browse because it's for the kids it, you know well yeah it is for the yeah i mean there's that's a that is one way of putting it the other way is like <laughs> i remember when we took henry to emerald city that was his first con too yeah and he saw like cosplayers and was like it was like a, an eye opening experience for him to see like and me too yeah, right. Like he could be <laughs> a fan of a thing to to an extent that like he didn't really know about, and that's like at, that is cool to to show that to someone who is very enthusiastic about a lot of different sort of like nerd things. So um, conventions, they're great. 
They uh, sometimes they sell infinite root beer uh, mugs there. And sometimes <laughs> they smell like popcorn. They fill the 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 entirety of a you know million square foot building with popcorn smell, which is astonishing. So um, cons get there. <laughs> Can I steal you away? Yeah. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain Hi, I'm Bikram Chatterjee, the CEO of Maximum Fun, and I'm here with my fellow worker owner, Marissa Flaxbart, producer. This week for Co-Optober, we'll be highlighting other co-ops who work in the arts. The past few years have been challenging for all kinds of creative industries. We at MaxFun believe that co-ops are better suited to meet these challenges, and there are a lot of other companies who feel the same way. So all this week on our social media and website, we'll be sharing interviews with some of our fellow co-ops. And head to our YouTube channel, Friday, October 20th, where I'll be talking with worker owners from Defector and Stocksy about their co-ops and why the model works for them. And next week is Volunteer Week. Learn how you can participate in that and get details on exclusive merch, our live streams, and other Co-Optober happenings at MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T. 
Tober. All right, class. Tomorrow's exam will cover the science of cosmic rays, the morals of art forgery, and whether or not fish can drown. Any questions? Yes, you in the back. Oh,、uh, what is this? It's the podcast. Let's learn everything. Where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom. I study cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline, and I did my masters in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? <laughs> no, <laughs> obviously not. No, it's a podcast. <laughs> Okay, this、uh, this topic, my、yeah. wonderful thing this week, is a topic that I think you will have a lot of input to provide. Okay,、um, but I also think it. I don't know. So we, so we have discussed this topic before, but I am focusing on a particular element of okay, it. Okay, cool. And I am talking about the names of Pokemon. Oh, babe! I know it's your love language. Yeah, <laughs> it's close enough. Wow. I um. It was wild, you know. I felt a little bit like I was wandering into your corner of the world. Sure. And I thought this might be a more appropriate topic for Griffin because he has the background. But then I realized you couldn't really come to this with like, I really love the names of Pokemon, because your your understanding is so much deeper than mine. That's where, true.、Is、whereas it- I can just kind of delight in the like sonic pleasure of some of these some、yeah. of these guys. You could also just delight in Sonic pleasure, which is a different <laughs> game <laughs> different, franchise, but different corner. Is it so? Henry's gotten into Pokemon cards, so I imagine this is where、yes. this is coming from. That you have seen so many more Pokemon and their names than、yes. you ever have in your entire life. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, the the gateway for me、uh, is of course Sprigatito. Sprigatito, fun to say, fun to play. That was my starter. Got to. Got oh to really? To oh yeah.、Um, I love a grass type starter. <laughs> hey, you're in the corner. You're in. Know, you're in my corner right now. <laughs> I know. You are a guest here. I know.、Um, Henry、uh, obviously is, is becoming more and more interested in Pokemon, particularly the cards. And one thing that has been happening lately at a nearby fast food establishment is that you can receive cards. Right, and he has repeatedly <laughs> received a Sprigatito. Yeah, and I always get really excited when I, either I hear him say it or I get the chance to say it myself. You've gotten to say it twice or three times so far already in this recording. This is a great. This is a a a, a great day for you.、Uh, some of my other favorites,、um, Garchomp. Garchomp. Fun to say. Yeah, absolutely.、Uh, I found one named Swampert. Swampert, sure. Which is fun. It kind of sounds like Stuart, but a Pokemon. <laughs> Swampert evolves into Marsh Stomp, which is not fun to say. I don't like the way that that kind of runs together. <laughs> I did a lot of research trying to figure out, like, is there a guy,、uh, like a guy poke, like a person? No,、poke? that like names these, like a guy that like lives in a room in like a big tower and just names Pokemon all day. That does not seem to be true. Although there do seem to be teams devoted to like translations. That's what it is, right? It's it's the, you would need the, that. All of these names are localized because they have Japanese names that are. I don't think ever the same names as their、uh, ang- anglicized titles. Yeah, so I did find some、uh, 
And I don't know how reputable these sources are. Does CBR mean anything to you? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's an outlet that I've heard of before. They identified some of the like roots of these names. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know Pikachu? Do I know Pikachu? Like the root of that? That is a that's a pretty direct translation, right? Like that is more or less what his uh, Japanese name is, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So uh, Pika Pika means sparkling or shining, and Choo Choo is the noise a mouse, mouse makes. makes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did know. I did know that. Uh, Lechonk, another one I like. So fucking good, Lechonk. Uh, Lechonk draws upon a mix of Spanish and English with words like lechon and oink. Yes. As well as the affectionate slang word chonk, generally meaning big, round, and cute. So him and <laughs> Sprigatito are both from the new games, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which are set in a region that each game's region is sort of inspired by a real world region, and that is supposed to be like Spain. And so that is where you get a lot of the, uh, a lot of that flavor, like Fue Coco. I love Fue Coco. <laughs> Uh, I found for, this is thegamer.com, uh, which they allowed me onto, even though I am not <laughs> one. I didn't have to answer a series of questions to access the uh-huh. site. A captcha for non nerds. Uh, and they list some of the like more punny ones. Um, there's coughing and wheezing. Great. Are you familiar with those? Of course. That's the, if you get into. I would say the first 250 Pokemon, I I know them I know them quite well. Do you know about Pseudo uh, Wudo? Pseudo Wudo, yeah, he's mm-hmm. uh, he looks like a tree, but he's a rock type Pokemon, hence the name. Uh, <laughs> um, Octillery. Yes, this is an octopus, but it's also like artillery. Uh, pretty much, I would say 96 percent of Pokemon names is just like animal plus. Yeah, or other uh, noun. Uh, <laughs> I'm just reading a lot of these now. Um, Perserker. Perserker. Love mm-hmm. it. New Meowth evolution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew you were going to be good at this. Yeah. I didn't know that I wouldn't have to finish this. There's sentence. like 900 of these guys, and I think I know almost all of them at this point. <laughs> uh, crab, Crabominable. Crabominable is a weird one because I think he looks like he's water type, but he's actually fighting type. I get him confused with. Oh no, that's a different one. That's a icy. That's an icy fella. Yeah, kind of a like an abominable snowman. In my defense, there's like ninety crab based po. They have run. <laughs> they have the well is running dry of animals that they have not uh, explored. I think I'm thinking of crab brawler, which is a oh, a of course, of course. Uh, and just to end on a seasonal note, uh, there's pumpkaboo. Pumpkaboo. There's a there's a, f- a few pumpkin based guys as well. Oh, there are. I yeah. guess pumpkins pumpkins um, have global appeal. Yeah, sure. Everyone loves a everyone loves a pumpkin. Um, I like. Uh, I mean, one of my all time favorite names is is a big Pokemon with just a huge tongue that's as long as its body is called Lickitung. That's all of his name is. <laughs> very, very good. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of expertise. <laughs> but Sprigatito. Sprigatito is a good one. It's very good. Sprigati- you know Pokemon, uh, I mean, the pocket monsters? I did know that, yes. Yeah. I've been, I, 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 I did know about that. I enjoyed that, too. Uh, I guess it started. I was reading. It started as like a like a magazine or something, and then they sold it as a game. Not nah, no. I don't think no? that's right. 
The article I said, or I read, said the franchise has its roots in a gaming magazine in the early 1980s. Um, Game Freak. Game Freak is the name of the company that makes uh, Pokemon. So it's possible that they started as a, that may be some uh, fact about Game Freak, the company that I was not aware of. But um, Game Freak is the the developer of all the mainline Pokemon games. Okay. Um, Yeah, no, I'm so glad you came on this on this journey. I think I did a Pokemon segment, but I, you didn't, did. I guess I didn't really talk about their names as much. Just like as an outsider, it's a very delightful aspect of the Pokemon. I think you'd be good at it. I think you would be good at naming Pokemon. There's a oh, great uh-huh. series of videos that is probably quite ancient at this point where um, someone shows pictures of Pokemon to their grandmother and their grandmother says what they think that their oh, name is. That's great. And it's uh it is delightful. Uh in in some of the names are I would say even better than the names that some of these guys ended up with. But I think it's a fun I think that'd be a fun job. This looks like a yes. dinosaur with a bulb of garlic on its back. Well that is a bulbasaur. Of exactly. Course. So you think they start with the drawing and then they name it? I think that's all they yeah. I think they say that's a turtle. What's he do? Squirts. Well, <laughs> I um I was looking desperately for like a little feature, little like heartwarming piece about like the process of naming Pokemon's. I couldn't find it. It might exist. There is a there is a um the art of localization and and translation is a strange one because there is I I would say and this is all from, you know, outsider's perspective looking in and covering the games industry. There is a lot about localization that is not prominently discussed or um, revealed. And I think that is because of this sort of cultural idea of like not wanting to step on the original work that the the folks did. Um, There is a uh, there's a, a company, I think, called eight. Eight four uh, that does a lot of localizations of um, of, of Japanese games to to into English, and there's so much that goes into it because you get into like you know translating these like historical cultural meanings that don't have a necessarily like an English uh, like direct correlation. Um, so like the entire thing is very very fascinating, but it is also like a thing kind of shrouded in mystery because. Uh, it's just not something that is discussed a whole lot. Also, because like back in the day, translation teams was like a guy, like one one dude sometimes yeah. who was like doing most of the heavy lifting. And so, uh, you know that it, it is lost to history for that reason. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I bet there's a great story out there just waiting to be told mm-hmm. about Sprigatito, 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 Sprigatito. Um. Can I tell you what our friends at home are talking about? Yeah. Well, Hemlock says, my small wonder is Lucky Socks. My Nana got me a pair of knitted multicolor socks with lots of different patterns, and I always wear them to sleep the night before big events. Telling myself the socks are lucky and magical gives me just a little more confidence. Um, I think this is very nice. The idea of wearing socks to bed, I can't. I can't. I know. I know. Once you like remove those guys, it's really hard to get in the habit of putting them on. That's where I let my body know it's time to it's time for rest. Mm -hmm. I'm not wearing socks right now. That might be why I feel so very tired right now. Um, 
Nathaniel says, my small wonder this week was inspired by a thought Rachel had in the outro of the August 30th episode. Ah, yes, of course. Uh, Pepper Palace. It's a U.S. slash Canada hot sauce and spice rub store that's basically what you would get if you crossed a candy store and the spice aisle at the grocery store. The entire store is arranged from mild to very hot, and the employees are always very enthusiastic about hot sauce. Huh. I don't know what this is referencing. I think you mentioned a hot sauce sommelier. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, And so that is what this... The, that's what the Pepper Palace offers, I suppose. The Pepper Palace. Pepper Palace. It's fun, it's fun to say. Sprigatito, Sprigatito went to the Pepper Palace. Sprigatito went to the Pepper Palace. <laughs> How's my sibilance, Reggie? Reggie's our producer. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, I really like hot sauce, and I feel like maybe I'm stuck in a rut a little bit. We definitely are. Like We just buy the same stuff over and over again. It's it's a hard thing to try other versions of because if you have the wrong one, it fucking it will wreck my whole shop. It's a high risk, low reward sort of uh, experimentation. Yeah, we need to go to the Pepper Palace. Gotta go to the pe- pe- Pepper Palace. <laughs> Thank you to Bo Ann and Augustus for these for a theme song. Money won't pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows that they have there because they're all great and they're all shows. <laughs> um, we have some new merch, including a poster of the Plato's Rave, a diagram, a map, if you will, a walkthrough of Plato's Rave. From this is a bit, Brody. for those of you, I have to imagine there's at least 2% of our listeners that do not also listen to your other podcasts. Uh, this is a bit, uh, from my brother, my brother, and me, where the boys turned a container store into a rave uh, and added a variety of floors and elements to it, this. It spiraled, I believe, out of the first question we addressed in the episode, and then we accidentally talked about it for like 55 mm-hmm. minutes. The so great thing about this one. poster is it's like a little Where's Waldo, and uh-huh. that uh, me and Cindy and Teresa are in it, Amanda's in it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you can you can find a lot of, a lot of uh, insider like references there yeah we also have other merch and stuff we got uh an amnesty lodge candle uh i don't know if we still have poetry corner candles on there but i lit one before we recorded in here because i left an old sandwich in the room before we left town (laughs) and it had left a a foul musk but the poetry corner candle is so powerful that it erased it and replaced it with a just incredible aroma i should say that it is it is frequent that griffin and i will eat lunch in our office space it's not like he like five days a week like not like he somehow a sandwich ended up in here no uh, i mean sandwiches end up here five days a week when i eat them for <laughs> uh-huh. lunch um that's at macrimerch.com i don't think i said the link and uh oh this is usually when i'd plug shows but we're done for the year so that's cool well eventually there will be candle nights eventually there will be candle nights um and so that'll be uh exciting i'm sure we'll have details on that soon but that's it that's it that's gonna be it for thanks us. to everybody that came to new york and philadelphia it was so cool so cool to see all of y'all and um you know sprigatito <laughs> Sprigatito. Sprigatito. Do you know what Sprigatito evolves into? Meowscarada. Isn't that? It's all so good. It's very good.
Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.